Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Everybody, welcome to another episode of Bengals and Brews. DDP is in the place. How you boys feeling? We got the cricket still in here. He's in attendance as well. Glad to hear it. Yep. Special guest. How are we feeling? I'm feeling fantastic. We got a uh, pretty solid guest coming up today with for everybody. Who who is that, Derek? Who is that? Why don't you ponder that one? We've got uh, CBS Sports' own John Breach, son of Jim Breach, the Bengals' leading kicker. Um, I leader guess, in points, kicker. right? Yeah. Leader like in points, all-time yeah. All-time points, yeah, overall. Yeah. And potential Hall of uh, – not Hall of Fame. Ring of Honor. It's the Ring of, Ring of Honor candidacy. So, yeah, it's going to be a pretty exciting show today. Well, yes, that sir. sounds like a goddamn good time to me. i tell you what, boys. Um – so who all wants to vote here that Derek puts some cricket killing shit in his grass next week? Oh yeah, I vote uh, I I don't members of the chat will Derek just muted himself and tried to talk at the same yeah. time. <laughs> he literally just muted himself. Cricket, I was gonna say I'm proud. I don't, I don't know what y'all are talking about. I don't hear nothing. He still don't hear it. Like it was just me and him on here before, and it was completely quiet. And I'm like, that thing is really close. Like it's loud as hell today. This thing's pissed this week. He goes, God damn it! Listen, you didn't hear me last time. I'm gonna make you hear me now. <laughs> this fucking cricket's yeah. trying to take over the show. Yeah, I love it. I love I'm it so say, much. Yeah. He's gonna come in. He's gonna come in in what about 10, 15 minutes, boys? Is that what it is, right? Yep. Uh, yeah, about until then. Eight fifteen. Well, we can ponder on talk a little bit of Bengals football and football in general. Uh. Did you guys see that uh, Tua uh, and did a Tua and Tyreek Hill uh, hype throw uh, as Tyreek had to slow down and uh, they wait. did another one. They've, oh, they've yeah. yeah yeah hey hey this one had a little less wobble to it a little less wobble it was so. a good throw they yeah. keep yeah. having these out it, it dude this ball was short and he's 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 broke he he beat the defender Tyreek does what he does he broke yep. the defender he's going out and he's looking back and he had to catch it like this. I mean, oh oh, you can't see me, but he literally is like this. Yeah. Speaking shorter of than that old, uh, ro- I was going to say shorter than old, that old running back for the Bears back in the day. What uh, a few years ago? What was his name? Tariq Cohen. Tariq Cohen. Yeah. Ball was short. <laughs> anyway, but I have to just know what you're talking about every time. Nothing like him saying every, a joke every day, not knowing the whole line of well, the joke. No, listen. So. The, the entire time I'm saying it, I'm like trying to like think of his name, think of his name, think of his name. Why would it, you even throw it out there if you didn't know this? Because he's like, hey, but hey, real quick, shout out. He to needs Tyson, a notepad. Tariq Cohen, because uh, I guess he's he, shouting he, out people already. Last, We're three. Yeah, three. No, listen. 
Tariq Cohen last week tore his uh, popped his Achilles. So shout out to that. Yeah, you know, poor one <laughs> for him. I was going to say, getting... speak, speaking of cringe videos that teams should not have put out, did you guys see the Russell Wilson that the Broncos put out? What happened? No, there? Oh, that one. Oh, it's bad. I hope some people in the chat. Seen it. I was going to say, can we maybe possibly pull it up in the next ten minutes? Yeah, I mean, if you can find it, do you? Are you? On oh, I'm phone? on my. I'm on my cell phone. I wouldn't be able to pop yeah. it up. Well, he's just I, like he, I, he's trying to say, "Let's ride, go!" Bro-. And they and it's like him trying to do it like three or four times or more. Like he, he ends up trying to say it about ten Shut times up. on the video. Shut up! Shut up! First time for me watching it too. So just put my jersey on for the first time. Broncos orange. Let's ride. Green screening it with my boy. Yes, sir. Let's go. We in the orange, baby. Let's go. Let's ride, baby. Ooh, so clean right now. we know what we've done. I have my boy Zoo. I got one fun with me. One fun with me. Hey, hey, hey. So what we gonna do? Just put my jersey on for the first time. There's another one that the team put out where he's at like a green screen trying to do it too, like. For like a promo video, you know, like let's ride, let's ride. Hey, they're like, they're like, one more time. He's like, let's ride, and then it's like, let's so I'm like ride. waiting. I'm like, where's the funny part in this? What no, the- it's just yeah. all cringe. I, I said it's just a bad. Listen, why would you put that out? It's just all bad. Listen, Russell Wilson, I will, I'll give him credit. Wife is a baddie, but uh, dude is, he is, he's a little, little weird. I heard him. I heard him. I just can't see him right now. Um, Robot man. I'm telling uh, you. I, he thought he had it. He has switched to a different thing. He thought Actually, he had well, it. I'm glad, I'm glad that people still hold him at the same amount as uh, as he was in Seattle and such, and even in Seattle, because I, I'm glad that I had him in trade value for like half the leagues I had him. So I was able to pick him up, and then I was just like, yo, hey. Here he's on Denver, and everybody's like, "Oh my God, give me him!" And I'm like, "Yeah, no, he's not gonna do any better." But good luck. Like you had DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, you think that he's gonna get better with Denver's staff? Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I mean, Denver though was pretty tough. Like they played the Bengals tough last year. Like their defense was real solid, and then they have some young weapons. It's just if they develop or not. Which Jerry Judy, he already got arrested once this offseason, so that doesn't help. Right, but. right, right. Uh, did you see the uh, Did you see the news of uh, Joe Burrow's microwave? No. Oh, that. Joe Burrow's had a microwave. Uh, so the reporters have been able to get into the locker room and such as of late, and uh, they ended up seeing that he had a microwave in his locker. He's the only one with a microwave in the locker. Apparently, he's had that in his locker since he first got in because he is on a specific diet. But apparently that's been taking over Bengals tech or Bengals Twitter and such as I've seen <laughs> and what I've been able to catch up on. And of like apparently he has his own little meals set aside and everything for it, but he's the only person in the Bengals locker room that and has Derek and I are supposed to go on that tour the twenty fifth. Uh and we're supposed to get to go in the locker rooms that set and everything. So I'll be on the lookout. I'm going to try to get a picture of that microwave, Travis. Get, yeah, get it. Hey, the literally letting Joe cook. Nice job, James. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, he was, uh, he was eating some kimchi, if I can if I can remember correctly. You, anybody knows what that is. Bless you. Bless you. <laughs> this dude's crazy. He said, bless you. That's funny. Um, so did you guys, you guys see, know what kimchi uh, is? 
What? Pardon? Is it healthy? Have you seen how fat I am? <laughs> Very kimchi healthy. is like a it's like a fermented. Um, no, I don't know what it is. Like that. It's he actually, goes, actually tastes that. Really good. Oh, so we've got uh, we got some more news in the AFC North as well. Uh, do you guys see the most recent stuff that happened with the case with Watson? Uh, twenty four no, now. Is there a twenty fourth? Yeah, uh, twenty four now. Uh, another one, and to top it off, did you guys see what his uh, what his attorney said on that podcast? He dug him a grave. He dug him a goddamn grave. I saw it, and I was like, I can't believe, I can't fathom that my attorney would be on an interview and would say this out loud. What did he say? Uh, he basically said that uh, making a woman feel uncomfortable is not illegal. <laughs> and he said that asking for stuff as a happy ending is not illegal. It is only illegal if you are paying her to do the sexual act. But to ask for the favor after is not illegal. He said that both the juries beforehand have learned that and understand it. I don't understand why we're still worrying with this. And I'm like, holy fucking shit. You got a new name, Derek. Hey, thanks, Crip Creeper. Appreciate That's it. That's hilarious. I'm going yeah. to... Uh... I, I saw that this morning, and I, I sent it over to my buddy, and I was like, dude, this is... This is bad, man. This is real freaking bad. Yeah, well, and it's like a lot of these happen like at his residence, right? Like his house. They were in a, they were in a hotels. I, I don't okay. Know. They they went so, they went the private stop off of it to a hotel to do that. So it was just them two. Yeah. So you're there alone with a person, and you're asking that, and like you I know, couldn't I couldn't fathom like the asking part. One left crying, part. one left crying. Like yeah, you know, they've the already talked about that. Asking part is not a is not a criminal at all. Asking like you're there in a business atmosphere, you still probably shouldn't. But asking for that is not illegal. Whatever. But the, the statement of yeah, making like, a woman uncomfortable and putting her in an uncomfortable situation is not illegal. I was like, what are you saying right now? What are you reading between all these lines? I'm like, Deshaun's out for this season. Full-heartedly. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I just wonder if that's all it'll be. Like, the more people keep coming forward. Like, I said the other day, ban his ass. Ban his ass completely. Like, they well, and. Thinking about think about what is coming out, the more stuff that's happening. Did you see the news of it was on the twenty fourth person, like Derek said, there was a deal for a hundred thousand dollars for each girl. Yeah, I did see about that. And yeah, I was like, thing, "Wow!" Yeah. It was like you don't pay somebody if you don't believe that you know what they're saying is true. We're now a okay. cricket partial cricket podcast. <laughs> That's so funny. He's like, oh, my God, where is it? Oh, my God. Commercially, list is my guess. Hopefully, Derek can maybe even get inside and see if he can get a decent connection. Because I know, like, he really wanted to talk to John Breach a lot. Which, right, right. He's just another Bengals fan like us. And obviously, you know, growing up with his dad as a freaking NFL kicker. I think he was here for, like, 12 years. So, like, long time. A little bit, a little bit. But, guys, listen, uh, before we get on this and such, the, our, our thing has popped up once again. Anybody that's watching us on any other platform, please get on YouTube. Subscribe to us on YouTube and comment through YouTube. YouTube is the best way to go through this with you guys. Uh, 
if it's not too much to ask, we greatly appreciate it. It's Bengals and Brews. Uh, search it in there, and we'll be right up there. Bengals, Brews, and Crickets. That's exactly what <laughs> it is. I have to change the name. This yeah, is a oh, wrong one here. I'll tell you that much. Um, here's a question. I don't know. I've seen some hype around this guy, too. He moved for, from wide receiver. I think he was on our practice squad last year, if not two years. And will he make the team as a tight end, Scotty Washington? I, I don't know. I think he's got an uphill battle just because, I mean, you've got Hurst as, as one. Wilcox, I mean, played all last year. Sample still hasn't gone anywhere. So there's three. And then you're looking at maybe as a fourth spot. But I don't know. You still have Thaddeus Moss. Uh, I can't remember who else. they got some other guys, too. I think Moss would take it over anybody, honestly. Is this uh, better? For the fourth, for the, for the clunch, last. What is that that you have in your hand? <laughs> Dildo. This is my mic. Is that the new mic that you bought that you're proud of? No, this isn't the one I bought, but. Oh, okay. I was like, you just bought it out. Now this is the way you're introducing it. He's just like, he's, I can't even grab something to imitate it. He's just like, yeah. <laughs> I hate to even say I don't hear the cricket as bad because like every time I say that, then it comes back. So, but uh, you need to find this thing. I mean, you know, you're a hunter. This is yeah. your new mission. You, you hunt yeah. this cricket down. And you yeah, I, I don't, I don't hunt bugs. I mean, <laughs> I, that's a lie. I have literally seen you send me pictures of different kind of bugs. No, that that would be Declan. Declan is the bug hunter extraordinaire. Yeah, get him get him on the case, man. I'll I'll have to. So, anybody in the chat got questions? While we're waiting on John, he should be here within the next couple of minutes. I was just checking. I was just checking it out, just uh, making sure everybody's doing it. We're live on our Facebook, which is awesome. I'm checking that right now. Uh, but I'm checking that just to see if they're following through. There's a comment on here. Uh, it says that Russ is funny but seems like a good dude. Uh, thank you, Dusty, for it. And, Dusty, if you can go over to our YouTube and be able to say those comments and we'll be able to read them, you'll come up on our screen as well. And we don't want to have to have everybody go through to YouTube because of, um, you know, everybody can watch from any other platform. We're just – for some reason, it's not clicking on this yeah, platform to have all these other platforms say the comments. But when we finally get that figured out, then you guys will have freedom reign to say watch wherever you want, want and wish. But yeah, because we had several Facebook. If you want to comment, if not, just enjoy the show. Yeah, yeah. We had several on Facebook the other day, and and none of us seen it till the show was over. And I was like, damn, you know, like there's some good questions, there's some good comments. Like mm-hmm. very much that so would have been great to put up. We just we for whatever reason with this platform we cannot see them. Yeah, I'm not sure why. All right, so uh, you hold on, shit. Sorry. Okay, so Derek, uh, who really is this person? You can give a nice little introduction because we're getting around 15 minutes, uh, and I'm assuming this person's going to be joining here soon. Who is this person? Besides, yeah, he is. Uh, his name is uh, John Breach. He is the He's a podcaster. He works for CBS Sports HQ. Um, they do a yeah, Pick Six podcast. Um, I think right now they're they're doing it every single week. They're kind of wrapping the win totals for each team in each division and kind of where they where they see them. Um, you have to go, I think, all the way to the very beginning where they did the AFC North. If you wanted to go back and listen to that one um, and get a little insight in that, but he, you know, John Breach. He's also the son of Jim Breach, the Bengals kicker. I'm sure everybody's uh, familiar with that name, especially if you are voting for the the Hall of – I keep saying Hall the, of Fame, the, the Ring, Ring of Honor. Honor. 
But uh, yeah, he's he's actually he's a pretty cool guy, and uh, he got to got to go to the Super Bowl last year. So maybe we'll get to ask him a couple questions about his experience being there as well. And, uh, and, yeah, and how, isn't there several guys on that podcast? And like, uh, he's the only Bengals fan, right? I think there's a Steelers yep. fan. I don't know who. Yeah, like Will Brenton. This is the Steelers fan, and uh, or no, Will. Will Brinson is the he he's the Carolina fan, and then um, I can't think of the Ryan Wilson is the, is the Steelers fan. Ryan Wilson, that sounds familiar. Um, well, it sounds like that cricket is back. Thank God for that. Yeah. Um, we. All right. Sure. Are we still the cricket? Love the cricket. Oh yeah. Well. Well, we have a couple minutes to kill. I have uh, been stocking up on these, and I want to know what you gentlemen have to say about this. Now, if I can figure out a way to do it very fast, I'll blow this up on here. If I can, not the logo, it'll be the overlay of it. Add an overlay. And I am going to drop this in here really quick, actually. Bada bing, bada boom. Oh, I don't know where that went. All right. I forgot to do this beforehand, but I wanted to know what your guys' team was going to be because this is going to be quite the fun little conversation. Open. And when it loads, which will be any second now, show, we're going to make a little team right now before he gets on here. Okay. Derek, sorry for the inconvenience. That's all right. Hope he's in here. We'll wait then. You got a little glimpse of it. We'll we'll get the we'll get that later, okay? Because he is here now. Hello, how are you? How was your day? Hey, you know what's funny, guys? I would have been here five minutes ago, but your streamyard that the link you guys sent, you have to log in through YouTube or Facebook so that you know no crazy people end up here. <laughs> and I don't know my Facebook or YouTube password, so I literally spent the fi- last five minutes. Uh, hunting it down, couldn't find it. Then I had to change my Facebook password for the first time since like 2006. Uh, and it's like one, two, three, four now. If anybody wants to hack my Facebook, there you go. Yeah, we started, we started, we were like, Oh, I don't know if he's coming. I was like, You know what? I got a great question. I saw this thing and I want to see what you boys think. And I saw you pop down. And I was like, Great, all right, all right. <laughs> yeah. no, uh, I'm not gonna no show. I'm not like that, not usually, <laughs> only sometimes. So let's let's go ahead and get this thing started. For I'm if you're if yes, you're that cricket is in Derek's uh, backyard. Just so you're aware. Yeah, yeah, we got a special guest, Jiminy Cricket, back there. But oh, I love crickets. Um, let's get this thing started, though. Um, for anybody that's been living under a rock and does isn't familiar with with you and your work, why don't you, why don't you go ahead and plug everything, Ralph? Uh, I have been at CBSSports.com for the past ten years. Uh, so if you have read an NFL story there uh, any point over the past decade, you have probably read at least one that I wrote, maybe two, maybe three. Um, I started there covering college football, moved to the NFL in 2013. Uh, and if you are looking to do something besides read, uh, there's a CBS Sports Pick 6 podcast, which I am on uh, two or three times a week. It's a daily podcast that's hosted by my buddy Will Brinson. And I also am in charge of the NFL newsletter at CBS Sports, so Google that, find it, and uh, sign up for it. So you sound like you're a little busy. All the time. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, the boys told me that you're a big Bengals fan involved with a bunch of people that are not Bengals fans. Is that true? There are not. You know, it's funny because uh, 
you think Bengals fans are few and far between, but my managing or not even the the managing editor at CBS Sports is actually a huge Bengals fan. So it's nice to have someone else uh, to talk Bengals football with. But yeah, it's uh, you know, I work with guys who are Steelers fans, Patriots fans, uh, Cowboys fans, all the stereotypical. We've won a bunch of Super Bowls. We'll rub it in your face fans. Not many Bengals fans. Yeah, and they've let you know about it on the podcast the times I've tuned in and in our rougher seasons, especially like, did it feel good to be able to, you know, talk a little shit back to them? You know, it's, it's like the weird thing is that you didn't even need to because watching them play the Steelers, they blew them out. And it was like, oh, my God, the Bengals are going to be better than the Steelers for the next decade. It was just more of a realization than than just, uh, you know, shit talking for six straight months because you knew the team you like is better than the team they like. But yes, it would have been easy to just kind of dump, what, 20 years of people yeah. dumping on you and let that all come out and F you and F that. And I'm glad they're in the Super Bowl. Uh, but no, it, it was I was more of a guy who just enjoyed the ride instead of rubbing it in someone's face. Yeah, I think, I think that all revolves back to all of our PTSD. We don't want to open our mouth. Yeah. Like, even if we, we could have a 99 overall Madden team, we're like, all right, wait, wait for the zeros to hit. Yeah. We'll see how the season starts, you know, and you got to stay healthy. And you're always just like looking over your shoulder for the bad thing to happen. And it, the PTSD is totally there. I'm, I'm sure every Bengals fan who was watching the Raiders game in the wild card round, you're like, Derek Carr is going to drive down their score a touchdown here, and we're never going to win a playoff game ever. And in the rest of football history for the next 100 years until the NFL doesn't exist, the Bengals are going to win their playoff game. And even when they won that, you're thinking, oh, you know what? They're going to lose to the Titans because it's 16-16, and then Tannehill has the ball, and there's no way he can throw a third interception. Then even when they win that and the PTSD should be behind you, you're like, oh, God, we're down 21-3. to There's no way they're coming back against the Chiefs, and then boom. So it was just – it, it, that PTSD is always creeping up on you. Even yeah, when they came back against time. the Chiefs, they came back against the Chiefs. The Chiefs had the ball. Patrick Mahomes is down at like the ten, ten, five or ten yard line at one point. We're only up three. I'm like, oh, it's oh, we're screwed. You know, yeah. and then Sam makes that crying for us at that point. <laughs> yeah, and then the coin toss again. You're like, oh no, they got the coin toss. Like, I got to be honest with you. In that halftime, I drank like the game was over. So when it came to that, that <laughs> overtime, I was like trying to remember. I had to go back and watch the next day how the hell we end up winning that because I was like, I had so much adrenaline and shit, I forgot about the interception and everything. I was just like, how the hell did that happen? That's yeah. hilarious. You're getting congratulatory texts like, oh, my God, we're in the Super Bowl. And you're like, what? No, I blacked out the whole second half. Yeah. So, what are you talking I was, about? I was about – because it was it was this lovely thing that it was one of my last bottle of Brimminghorn King of the North <laughs> Mead, and I – I put that down pretty smooth with anger. <laughs> it's crazy because I do feel like going into halftime that most – it was like, eh, it's over and it's it, it, it's probably over, but it's okay because they made it this far. So it wasn't like a depressing feeling. Obviously, you never want to see your team go to the AFC Championship and get spanked like that. But because they weren't supposed to be there, it was just kind of a – you're resolved with them losing, but it wasn't, it wasn't like sad, I guess. I would have been mad. I would have been furious about that one. Even if like if the Raiders would have beat us, I wouldn't have been that mad. If the Titans would have beat us, I wouldn't have been that mad. But if the Chiefs would have beat us, I would have been freaking pissed. I, I would have been mad with the Raiders one because that was the first time I was at a playoff game. Like this well, first yeah, year that, with you had tickets, personal like, feelings on that. Yeah, so I'm there, and and I did have that same feeling that you were talking about, John. Like when they're driving and they get down there, and Derek Carr, I'm like Derek freaking Carr. It was all of a sudden Joe Montana. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, here we go. 
I, t- I love that guy. That's why I was like, I hate, I hate the position we're in, but I like if this guy goes on, just he's finally getting something done with him. So I'm like, I want our team to win, but I'm like, at least somebody I like is gonna do it. When like, he threw that crazy pass to Darren Waller that got him down inside the 15, and, and Waller just made this, it was like uh, the Bengals just aren't meant to win a playoff game if Derek Carr and Darren Waller out here just balling straight down the field in the clutch. And yeah. and that's really what it felt like. I'm sure in the stadium, uh, you know, you probably could sense the dread that every fan had. Yeah, that it was like a it looked was, like primetime Gronk and Tom at that moment. I was, I was yeah, I was gonna say that was yeah, that was the elite Joe Flacco moment, you know, where where he plays his freaking ass off. But um let's 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 get a little bit into uh I mean one of the main reasons why we brought you here, uh John, not not just because you're an incredible guest, but um one of the things that we wanted to talk about was um you know, as, as you, as I'm sure you're probably aware, your father is um, being inducted or not being inducted, but supposed to be. He is a, he is a finalist for the Ring of Honor. Yeah. So turn your damn mic off. Shut the fucking cricket up. <laughs> no, I, don't, yeah, I apologize. That cricket is intense right now. That see, is- listen, the whole time when we're talking pre-show, we're like, I, I kept saying Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame, and I'm trying not to say it this time. And I just couldn't get anything out. But, yeah, he's a finalist for the Ring of Honor. Um, but I know there, there's a, a segment on um, on Good Morning Football where they talk about, you know, during the draft, they, you, we've got 32 teams watching the show. Well, we've got 32 um, people that, that are that are voting for the Ring of Honor that are potentially voting for this. So, so use our platform to boost up your dad. Yeah, you know what? I love that season ticket holders get to decide this. I think that's huge. Uh, last year, I actually didn't even vote for my dad. My dad would kill me. I don't actually don't think he'd kill me because we talked about that, uh, and he knows that. So it's the like the guys that deserve to get in last year got in with Ken Anderson and Ken Riley, and in this year, it's a little bit more dicey because you can make a good argument for a lot of people. Uh, and you know, I will say this about my dad. One reason I think that he should get in. Uh, if it's not this year, in the next three years, I think that he would be deserving to get in. Number one, if if Joe Montana doesn't happen in Super Bowl 23, then he's almost certainly the Super Bowl MVP. We're talking about yep. kicker at Super Bowl MVP, which, you know, if that's one play away from being Super Bowl MVP, it's kind of crazy when you think about it, especially when it's you know at the kicker position. And so that is something that I think we've, come to appreciate now, especially having a clutch kicker uh, and Evan McPherson this year. And, you know, I think one thing that gets lost is that he was one of the best clutch kickers of his era. I mean, even now his Super Bowl or not Super Bowl, his he has the NFL record for most overtime field goals without a miss. So whenever there was a chance to kick a walk off field goal in overtime, he didn't miss nine for nine. You know, we saw Evan McPherson, who is Absolutely awesome, but he missed the overtime field goal against the Packers. So that's a record that my dad has that he can't break. And I think if you ask my dad, that's probably the record he's most proud of. And then when you look at his postseason field goal percentage, uh, you know, his his regular season field goal percentage was good for his era. It wasn't great. It wasn't bad. And it's hard to compare kickers uh, through eras because a lot has changed. The kickers are stronger. The playing surfaces are much better now than they were. Uh, back in the day. But the other thing, he has a better postseason uh, field goal percentage than Justin Tucker, Morton Anderson, who's in the Hall of Fame, Adam Benateri. So some huge names uh, as far as playoff kicking goes. So I would say that anytime there was a huge field goal uh, between 1980 and 1992 and you were a Bengals fan, 
you knew it was going in. And I feel like that for the most part, Bengals fans haven't had that feeling until this year with Ed McPherson, where you were comfortable with the kicker going out there and being like, instead of dreading it, you're like, I think they're going to make this. I think this is going to go in. McPherson's going to send us to the Super Bowl. So it was a long time before that comfortability uh, came back. So it, it, I would just say that he's done so well in the quantity. He made so many big kicks for them uh, that absolutely he deserves to be in there at some point. Beautiful. Uh, that was, that was a great. That's a great feeling to trust your kicker, isn't it? Yeah, I could literally we could sit here and talk three hours about kickers. That is I I think that's half the reason they let me on the pick six podcast so much. Like, (laughs) all right, Justin Tucker made a 66 yard field. We'll give Breach 20 minutes to talk about it. We need someone talking about the kickers. So, yeah, that is kickers is such a unique position and they have so much pressure and, and things just change week to week. You think you have a good kicker. All of a sudden he misses five straight kicks or turns into Mason Crosby in that Packers Bengals game. Uh, it's just crazy what can happen from week to week with kickers. Now, uh, I'll say outside of your dad, who is someone else that you would vote for if you had a vote for the uh, Ring of Honor this year? Well, I think that you have, I think Boomer Esiason is going to be a popular name. Uh, he's, you know, you have a former MVP who led you to the Super Bowl. Uh, Willie Anderson probably should be in the Hall of Fame. I think that people could absolutely vote for him. Uh, Isaac Curtis, yes, Isaac Curtis, I think, uh, would be a popular vote, and I, I people should vote for him. Um, I'm trying Lamar Parrish, Chad Johnson is probably. I think it's harder to look at the more recent guys because I think for something like this, now that you got Ken Riley and Ken Anderson in, that you should probably vote for the older guys because you don't know how much longer they're going to be around, and you want them to be able to celebrate that. And we saw that last year with Ken Riley's son uh, going to the event, and so you want to be able to celebrate these guys while they're alive. So I would definitely vote for someone. Uh, that has been out of football since probably 1995. So I'm definitely partial to the older guys. I w- Isaac Curtis and uh, my dad. Those would probably be my two yeah. votes if I had to vote uh, right now. I know that uh, one that I definitely like see that's probably going to be on there that a lot of people have said they voted for is Willie. And, and he's the only one that's not a little older that I think that push could help him get the Hall of Fame push too. So, like, if he gets in the Bengals Ring of Honor, maybe that's that extra push this year that some of the media members sends and some of the voters. That, that helps him get elected. So No, and that's a great point. That's a good reason to vote Willie because we need more Bengals in the Hall of Fame. It's crazy how overlooked they get. And we're talking about a franchise that's uh, been around since 19, 1960s. You have one player. One player. It's 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 unbelievable. No, yeah, definitely. Uh, and I'll, I want to I take a step back real quick because we went into some crazy Bengals conversation. Uh I want to go around because I want to ask what everybody on Bengals and Brews is drinking tonight. So, uh, Dale, would you like well, to? Well, you got to always start with me. I got this 16 ounce ice cold Miller Light. You gotta get the regulars out of the way. Wait, right. Because you know I got the same thing every time. I can't so. wait to switch up one of these days. But Hold on. My life and you know it. Hold on. I got a little Shotsky Fireball here. Oh, there we go. <laughs> oh, oh, by the way. By the way, I didn't realize how cheap Fireball was. I'm about to buy the whole Speedway shelf. I think of that. That's why I buy it, dude. I'm a teacher. I don't make no money. A slew of Fireball sitting here for it. I was in Miami two weeks ago with some friends, and uh, my buddy bought like a 20 pack of the mini Fireball bottles, mm-hmm. and it was it was like a little weekend vacation with some guys I hadn't seen in a year or two. Uh, and it was every morning at 9 a.m. He'd hand us the bottles and be like, "All right, guys, start the day." Chug the fireball. Uh, so, man, the it has to go uphill from there. It, it, it can only go uphill. Yes. 
Well, Breach, what are you drinking on tonight? Well, I know this is Bengals and Brews, and last week I was on Titans and Tequila. So I'm drinking a tequila drink, uh, just an old-fashioned margarita. I'm a, I'm a tequila guy, and that is what I try to drink if I'm drinking um, by myself in a situation like that where no one else is around. Do you dabble with the Class A Azul? Uh, you know what? I'm I, look. I I'm mostly eighteen hundred. I try to get something that's not going to give me a hangover, but also doesn't cost uh, eighty dollars a bottle. So that is like like it's not one hundred fifty freaking dollars a bottle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Travis, subtle flex. All right, bring up the graphic. I'm going to bring it up, yeah, Travis. I'm you know. That yeah, exactly. Look, I might work for CBS, but I'm not buying one hundred and fifty dollars bottles of tequila. Yeah, so I eighteen hundred is like the lowest, I guess, top end that it is. It, it's smooth and it tastes good. Good. All right, cricket. What do you got? <laughs> yeah, I, I I tried to ask my wife how to say that, so I'm just going to say this is a chocolate raspberry uh, porter stout or something like that. Mad tree, ab- absolutely phenomenal. It's called Rubus. Keiko or something like that. I don't know exactly this how to guy. say that. So. What the hell? I, I gave it a shot. I swear I give it a shot. So, do what? What flavor is that? Chocolate raspberry stout. He said like eight other names of things. So like, what the fuck? That was like a key code to get into a hidden door. That what was that? <laughs> it's called here. I'll give it one more real quick shot. Rubus Keiko or. I'm, Anybody know how to pronounce water shit? What are you telling us right yeah, now? Yeah, Mad Tree, they, they come up with some crazy stuff, but it's it's actually really, really good. Um, but Travis, what are you drinking on? You already know, I told you, I showed it. It's Miller High Life. Surprise, the champagne of beers. How are you not drinking the $150 bottle of tequila? That's what I would be drinking every <laughs> night if I had that with me. Uh, that is upstairs currently. I took for what special occasions? This isn't a special occasion. What's going on? This oh, is dude. insulting. So I celebrated my birthday episode on my other podcast, and I don't want to drink that for a couple days. <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> that boy hit hard as hell. I almost got so much in my mouth on my first drink that I almost like you know when you have too much, you have like a cough, and then it goes through your nose. I had to stop it, and I was that close, almost having Azul just go straight through my nose. And I was like, I would have been dead. I think that's how you die off. I don't know if you've seen our episode with Shane Graham, but that man can drink. He doesn't get hangovers. Then, he like, did he give you some uh, fantastic drinking stories? He was, he or was, was he just he drinking was, a ton on the podcast? Of he was on for four hours and fifteen minutes. <laughs> we had to shut the episode off. I was yeah, like, it wasn't going to shut your cut off, man. We're done. Joke, four hours, 15 minutes in, a bottle of Azul, just like this. And I'm like, all righty, guys, it's been great. It was like, I don't know how much longer this guy's going to be sitting straight up. He's just going to be like this. He had at least 20 different kinds of drinks. Like, Did you, did you play the subtle flex video when he finished the bottle? Because that's a subtle flex. It's like, I'm, I'm drinking you guys under the table well, on your own podcast. He broke out the cup like that you get in the Virginia Tech and Virginia rivalry oh, game wow. that he has and was drinking out of it. <laughs> He's a madman. I was like, I, I almost know. I had my Super Bowl 56 shot glass, but I, I was gonna just sip out of that. But since the Bengals lost, I didn't want to drink out of it. <laughs> it's a sore yeah, and, and he did it even more subtle flex. Um, we finished the show at like one o'clock in the morning or something like that, and then five o'clock he's he's back on Twitter tweeting, you know, up and up and at it. Yeah. Prom- promoting his uh, his yeah. thing he's starting, like he's ready to go. 
It don't get hangovers. And he's telling a story right now. He's saying, yeah, I was on this podcast uh, the other week, and I filled up my liquor bottle with water. And those guys thought I got wasted. I didn't. And I got up at 5 a.m. No, he was even pulling PBRs out of the fridge at one point, (laughs) (laughs) which was the most funny thing. Quite the combination he had. You could tell he wasn't faking it. But at the end, all of his words started to get a lot slower. (laughs) Yeah. It was was. There was a couple more letters in each of those words. Me and Travis was started texting each other and like, dude, we should end this. We don't want to make <laughs> it was you great. Know. Dude, that was that was such a good time. We've I've I've just started on this about three four weeks ago, and I've been having time in my life on this, just talking Bengals. And such. <laughs> yeah. But speaking of Bengals, back to what we were going with. Breach, you talked about the shotgun, the little the little glass you have for the Super Bowl. Uh, uh Cricket just uh, informed us that you were at the Super Bowl. At, there he goes. He mutes it now. Uh, how was that? How was being at the Super Bowl and everything, even with the outcome at all? That cricket is like the Adam Schefter of this podcast. Just inside information everywhere. Uh, you know, you know what? Super- Actually, you know what? Hold on. Where the hell is it? There. We can throw the flag on that cricket the whole freaking time. Derek, you drink for that. Damn it. Yep, start chugging. Uh, you know, the Super Bowl was awesome. So I went out there. I was there for the week working from uh, Sunday through Friday. And then, you know, everybody I work with, they know my dad played for the Bengals. They know where my allegiance stands. And so just kind of became, hey, look, if you can get a ticket, feel free to go to the game. Uh, you know, they're, they're not going to provide me with tickets. Um, and so I ended up going with a bunch of family members and I got to sit with them. And it was insane that literally... In the lead up to the game, and I'm sure if you guys have talked about it with anybody who was there, it was all Bengals fans. It was just Bengals fans everywhere, high fiving, who danging, taking shots together. I mean, it was just like a drunken party of Bengals fans. And I mean, when we were outside the stadium, I thought it was going to be like 80% Bengals fans, 20% Rams fans. Uh, but apparently, the Rams fans were just staying at home, you know, five minutes before kickoff and then rolling in. But once you got to the stadium, it was literally 50 50. In the stadium, I mean, like I think The Rock even posted about it on his Instagram. Just shocked that so many Bengals fans showed up because the game's in the Rams' backyard, and so it was really as someone who uh, went to Super Bowl twenty three as a seven year old and cried for hours. And I only remember maybe I think Joe Montana's touchdown pass, my dad's last field. Well, that's literally the two remaining memories I have of that game because the rest of it has been blacked out and repressed in my head. This game was just the opposite. It just seemed like a celebration of a crazy season, and it felt like every Bengals fan was soaking it in. It, it was just an amazing experience. Awesome. That, that sounds like a great time. And uh, so everybody that was out in the parking lot, do you think how many of them actually went in there and spent the $45,000 for a ticket? Well, you know what is crazy is that it, what I have like, – um, we're at the beach with some friends. They're telling me how much they spent on tickets. It is crazy how much – tickets cost fortunately i will say uh my dad was able to get tickets for face value so we still had to pay for them but we got them at face which was 1600 so even if you got tickets at face value which you know obviously some season ticket holders were ever to get tickets uh through the lottery you're still paying an arm and a leg there is no unexpensive way to attend the super bowl so that is it's something you have to like keep in mind now the Bengals are good you're thinking man i need to start a super bowl bank account because if they're here often. And then you also understand why by the time the Patriots were in their fifth Super Bowl, why the other team had more fans because Patriots fans are like, all right, we can't afford this anymore. This, this is a normality. Like, all right, we got it again. Exactly. We're here. Like, I'll watch this from the TV. I'm fine. I, yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, I had all you? intentions. I had all intentions in the world to uh, go to the parade and everything. I, uh, I just, I could not budget. I was. My wife is a. Uh, my wife's a Ravens fan, and so I would have been the Bengals fan standing next to a Ravens fan, just cheering <laughs> on my team by myself with every other Bengals fan, of course. But I would have been like, my whole family's Bengals fans, and I'm like, I couldn't have left them. Like, you would have been asked literally every minute, why? Why'd you bring the Ravens, Ravens fan with you, man? The Ravens yeah, right. make playoffs. Yeah, no, try. Trust me, I believe it. How much have you worked with Brady Quinn here? Because this guy wants to know how you haven't punched him in the face. Oh, what LSU Dan doesn't like Brady Quinn? I love I Brady know. Quinn. Yeah, I, no, go ahead. What I didn't, I didn't know what the beef was. I didn't know if there was some beef there or something. I think maybe he has said some stuff that people disagree with. Him. You know, he's on Fox Sports. He does stuff for us on CBS Sports. So he's all over the place. I'm sure he has said stuff that uh, people absolutely disagree with. But I am a b- huge Brady Quinn fan. One of the running jokes on uh, the Pick 6 podcast is that our buddy Ryan Wilson has a man crush on Brady Quinn. Uh, so it's like you expect him, you know, if you were going to run into a first round NFL quarterback, you have no idea what kind of personality, but he's down to earth, uh, talkative, fun. I, I honestly, I also wouldn't punch Brady Quinn because he could beat the crap out of me. Yeah. Isn't about- he like, that's why I was like, isn't he like six, four, six, five? Like he's a pretty big dude, muscular. Like, yeah. Yeah. He's a good yeah. eight, at least eight inches taller than me, probably 10 inches. And he would, it would literally take him 60 seconds to knock me out. And his yeah, brother-in-law Brady. is A.J. Hawk if he has to call back up. You know, like. <laughs> yeah, if there's a tag team battle with somebody in my family, with me and my dad versus A.J. Hawk and, and Brady Quinn, me and my dad aren't winning. No. Yeah, yeah this Brady's D-gap like, like meter is, like, way up there. What say? What did you say, Derek? Sorry. I said Brady's D-gap Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. The cricket has hacked Derek. This is ugly. Active system. No, isn't isn't Brady? Isn't he like a super attractive dude? Didn't he look like a model or something? Yeah, pretty and much. If I remember correctly, that guy was like out of a model magazine. Everybody's like, "What the hell is this dude?" It looks like he went from an Abercrombie and Fitch catalog straight to uh, Notre Dame, straight to the NFL. All but right. you know what? He's actually he's from Ohio. He's an Ohio guy. He's yeah. from Columbus. Uh, so. He's not a guy. If you're from Ohio, Bengals fan, he's not a guy you want to dislike. I was gonna say I don't have any hate for the man. I mean, LSU Dan does. Yeah, I, yeah. I want to know what the beef is between Brady Quinn and LSU Dan. Me LSU. too. I don't know that I've seen LSU Dan on the chat before. I think he came in just to ask you. That's why I was like, oh, maybe there's something here we should find out about. He's like, I'm finally gonna ask this question. This this guy might be able to punch Brady Quinn. <laughs> Sorry, LSU Dan. I'm not punching Brady Quinn. You mentioned you mentioned how he's a good dude and everything, and uh, you've had quite some time in all the 79 different things you're working on every day and such. Uh, what is the best, or well, who's the best person that you have met, uh, football relation wise? Of uh, you know, who's the most down to earth, the best guy that you have met? Like somebody you wouldn't even expect, maybe, or somebody that you're like, or yeah. even if you want to narrow it to this one, favorite person you worked with, kind can, of. Can yeah. I, well, not, I name? Can who, I name you guys or something of that nature? Uh, you know what? I will say that Pete Prisco gets a bad rap. Um, I feel like his his Twitter personality can be a little overbearing, and some people are turned off by it. Uh, but in person, he's like the friendliest guy in the world. I remember covering my first Super Bowl for CBS Sports. It was Super Bowl 48. It was the, the Bronco Seahawks Super Bowl, and I'm just like a rookie, and you're like afraid to talk to people, and it's such a huge event. We're sitting on a bus ride over to media day, and Pete just sits down next to me and like calms me down. He's like, I remember my first Super Bowl. And of course, 
I actually think his first Super Bowl was Super Bowl 23. And I was like, I don't want to hear this story. That's what I'm thinking uh, in my head. It's like, I don't need you to relive Super Bowl 23 right now, Pete. That's funny. Um, sorry. That's but, funny. <laughs> but outwardly, I'm like, oh, yeah, I definitely want to hear this. This will get me ready and get me primed. And and this is a veteran in the industry. So, yeah, I would say Prisco. Uh, and he will probably not even want to hear me say this because they're like, don't out me as being cool, man. I don't I don't need that. Uh, yeah. So Prisco, I think, is a good guy who gets a bad rap sometimes. Nice. Nice. Uh what the, isn't that the Denver and Seattle game? Wasn't that terrible? Oh, it was, it was the worst. It was, that was the game where I think they snapped it over Peyton Manning's head on the first play. Yeah. Uh, and I think it went for a safety and it was just yeah. like by the, and then I think the opening kickoff of the third quarter, the second half was returned for a touchdown. Uh, and it was just a total disaster. And I'm thinking we got the top defense in the NFL versus Peyton Manning. This thing is going to be awesome. What a great first Super Bowl! And then, you know, people are, turning it off or falling asleep or getting drunk like you did in the Bengals Chiefs game. That's what Broncos fans were doing in the second half of that game. Yeah, no, I, you, you mentioned that. I go, wasn't that game shit? I was like, wasn't that game horrible? Well, the other bad thing about that game is that they were worried about snow the whole time because it was in New York and they're like, oh my God, should we schedule a Super Bowl there? And so, no, it ends up being like 50 degrees on game day, but literally on midnight of Super Bowl Sunday, later that night, it starts snowing, doesn't stop. Like every flight out of New York is canceled on Monday. So literally you just see all these media people flailing around the airport trying to get home, but nobody can because the whole airport was shut down. Uh, it was pretty nuts. Golly. Yeah, I did. Uh, I did want to ask some, well, I know Derek has wanted to, but I don't know if the cricket will let him cooperate <laughs> with his Wi-Fi. He's been but silenced. He had talked to me about asking about the punter competition. Your thoughts on that between uh, Huber, who's getting a little older, been around for a while, and then Drew Chrisman, the young guy. Yeah, look, Huber is awesome. I think that everybody uh, loves him. He's one of the most popular guys in the locker room. He's one of the most popular guys with fans. Uh, you always want to see a Cincinnati kid. I don't think anyone appreciated getting the Super Bowl with the Bengals more than Kevin Huber did. But when you look at, look, the Bengals didn't keep tuck drew Chrisman away on their practice squad uh because they wanted to give him free money for a year they gave it they're thinking hey look we don't want this guy to sign with anyone else because that other team is going to discover how good he is drew Chrisman is a very good punter i would say he's probably better than kevin huber huber's been dealing with you know hip injuries he's always got these little minor ailments that kind of keep him from being uh perfectly healthy which is what you need to be if you want to be a great punter so i, I do think that right now from a talent standpoint, Chrisman is probably slightly better, but the whole issue is going to be Evan McPherson just had the best rookie season in NFL history for a kicker. And do you want to break that up and, and, you know, say, Hey, Evan, sorry, we're dumping Kevin Huber. We're bringing a new holder in for you. Uh, and good luck. And I know it, it sounds like such a minor thing, but if you go back and just, you, you look at other NFL teams where this has happened, uh, Corey Bjorquez, who punted for the Bills and the Packers, is a very good example. He is just not a good holder. I mean, it's it's hard to explain. He just doesn't put the ball where the kickers want. Both teams, the Bills, he led the NFL in punting. Did I he go to the Browns? And, well, Browns. he led the NFL in punting in 2020 with the Bills. And uh, I think Bass, Tyler Bass's numbers went down so badly. They're like, all right, Bjorquez, you're gone. Then, yeah, he went to the Rams, got traded to the Packers, probably would have beat Johnny Hecker out for that punting job. But I think the holding thing came in, so they traded him to the Packers. And then, you know, we saw Mason Crosby struggle, and so who knows uh, what will happen. And so that's what you worry about if you're the Bengals. You're thinking, man, if we bring in Drew Chrisman and we cut Kevin Huber 
And Evan McPherson goes out there and starts the season like two for five. Uh, you know who's going to get blamed? Evan McPherson publicly. But behind the scenes, the coaching staff's going to be like, uh, can we call Kevin Hubert? Can we get him back in the building? So it, it's an interesting decision they're going to have there, to make. There's the third piece to that whole system, too. My personal best friend now, Clark Harris, um, who's also oh, yeah, in yeah. competition with right? uh, with Cal Itemitis, or probably butchered that last name, but, you know, kind of hair versus hair battle. But obviously I'm rooting for Clark, but uh, what's your thoughts on that? And I think I just kind of want to keep the same crew together this year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I think that makes sense. And the thing is, like, there's not a huge – I cannot – like Clark Harris has been doing it a long time. He understands the pressure of the position. He doesn't, you know, this is a guy who's almost perfect at his job. And, you know, maybe you he say, hey, perfect. My man has been perfect at his job. Literally. Yes, yes, exactly. So you're thinking, hey, maybe we can save $700,000 in salary cap space by bringing in this new guy. Uh, but there's, it gets to a point where you can't be like cutting money to save at that position. That's one where you say, eh, you know, we're paying a million dollars more and these two guys are equal. That's fine. Cause this guy's been doing it forever and he never messes up. So, uh, man, if I, if I'm the Bengals, I just keep everyone. I keep my special teams intact. And I keep, I try to get those other two guys back on the practice squad this year. Yeah. I mean, you can definitely try, but I think I feel like the secret of Drew Christman will get out and somebody will come out and sign him. Uh, but you know, long snapper, you can tuck those away on the practice squad. Yeah. All right, Cricket, you got one. I, I just have one question. Um, what what goes into like a long snapping competition? Because that's that's one thing I was wondering. Like, what what exactly entails like? Because I heard something like it's about the the rotations of the football and, and like all that stuff. So I was just kind of wondering what your thoughts and if you could expand on that a little bit. That is an excellent question. I'm glad that Cricket told you to ask it. Uh, you know, it's mostly timing and placement for the long snapper. And so, uh, you know, obviously when you're the holder, we all know Lace is out, the most famous holding of all. Like just everybody knows that Lace is in hold is bad. That is just, you know, Ace Ventura made that so clear that it's now iconic. And anytime you see a Lace is in hold, everybody tweets the same thing. It's Lace is out, Dan. And so – Part of that, though, is that that can be the long snapper's fault because when you have a consistently good long snapper, they do what well, you were just talking about the rotation, and that's where the rotation comes in. Is if they can catch it and the laces are already straight up, they don't have to rotate the ball at all and they can just put it straight down, and it makes the holder's job easier. And that's not going to happen every single time, but if it's happening 80% of the time, uh, then your holder gets the ball down faster. You get the kickoff faster, and so there's almost a 0% chance it's going to be blocked. And so that's really it, is, is the timing and the rotation are the two biggest things that a special teams coach are going to look for. Because you don't even really have to block. You just have to get in a guy's way because there's so much. The rules are built in your favor because if someone jumps over you, they're going to get penalized. If they knock you over, they're going to get penalized. So all you have to worry about is getting the ball back to the holder or back to the punter. No, I definitely agree with all of this, what you guys have been saying. You definitely can't break that up. Even if it's just as small as a little bit of pocket change that you're talking about, that little, that little stone getting pulled out could just cause that whole thing to corrupt. And if you mess that up, which we've all been so excited, and clearly you can tell all the Bengals fans are so excited about, if you have that get terrorized to where, like, there's three, four more kicks missed. Now and then that fair – Psyche, like you know, yeah, like the confidence. Like, 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 now, do you blame Evan? Do you blame now? We're we as people, if you're just a casual, you're gonna blame Evan because you have no idea what happened there. 
at Evans' whole dynasty and everything he's building right now is going to get destroyed. Right? Well, and Dale's right. It's going to get in Evans' head, too, because even though yeah, he might know, he might say, hey, look, it was the holder's fault or it was the long snapper's fault. But it, at the end of the day, he missed the kick. And so he's going to be like, God, what am I doing wrong when it's only 5% his fault? And like, you know, we were just saying the public is just going to see, God, Ed McPherson's choking after uh, a phenomenal rookie year. So I just feel like you don't want to mess that chemistry up and cause possibly cause that ripple effect uh, that, you know, you want your offense to feel good about setting their kicking team out in the field because you don't want to pass up points and, and missed field goals can change uh, the, the momentum in games, especially oh, yeah. 50, 55 yards. We saw that with Green Bay, how many missed field goals that it was just almost – it felt like the Well, game that was just lost. a weird game, man. It well, was no, just a and, weird and, game. and the game felt lost. It, it wasn't lost as like our team was going to lose, but it was almost like you, you – both teams made it to the promised land. You were going to make this game, and then it didn't happen, and then it didn't happen, and then it didn't happen. You're like, am I living in a loop? What is going on right now? Yeah, there was, there was actually a, a group of, of Packer fans behind us, and it was literally a back and forth. You know, we would put our heads down because we thought we lost. And then all of a sudden, he, you know, he missed the kick. And then the, the group behind us would put their heads down because they thought they lost. All right. You're done again. You're done. You're well, done. the funny thing is, is there is when Evan McPherson, you're thinking when he missed the goal against the Packers, like, oh, my God, if Evan McPherson's missing field goals, we're going to lose because he was so good through the first four weeks of the seasons. He had a game winner against the Vikings, the game winner against Jacksonville. And so it is you in that inside you're thinking, Oh God, like our awesome kicker is missing kicks. Let's just give green Bay the win. Cause there's no way we're winning. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, so we had a couple more questions. I'm sure between uh, cricket down there, if he can get them off, if not, he'll put them in the private chat this last time. But Dale, I know you had a couple more questions. I have one myself, but I want to let you guys ask a couple more for sure. Um, I was just going to ask maybe favorite moment or the moment this season you thought, oh, shit, this team might actually be better than – or farther ahead than we thought. Because I think a lot of people thought they'd take a step to start competing, but I don't know if anybody saw this run. I mean – yeah, You know what? It's funny. It's the game we were just talking about, the Packers game, and it's a game they didn't even win. It, it just felt like – they played, I thought going into the season, the Packers were one of the top two teams in the entire NFL. And so at, coming off that Jacksonville game, awesome Thursday win, you have Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay coming down. And it was like, man, if they could just hang with them, uh, it would make you feel really good. Because no one knew. Because you played a close game against Jacksonville where you were getting spanked for three quarters. That was a little worrisome where, oh my God, either is Jacksonville good or the Bengals bad? What's going on here? Why did they only win 24 to 21? And so there was a little concern going into that game. And then in the Packers game, you know, Green Bay jumps out to what, like a 16 7 lead. And it's, you're like, all right, well, you know what? Yeah. They're, they're yeah. three and one going into that game, and they're just not ready to play with the best teams in the NFL. But that's fine because they're better than they were last year and better than they were two years ago. And then when they came back and tied it at 22 22, they scored the touchdown and got the two point conversion. And it was like, oh my God, they might beat the Packers. And if they could beat the Packers, they could beat anyone. And so I really feel like the Green Bay game was where I thought they could get to the playoffs. Like at no point in my wildest dreams did I think they had a chance at the Super Bowl, literally until like the two minute war, until they took the lead in the second half against the Chiefs. That was the first time I let myself think that it was possible. But before right. that, it was, you know, the Super Bowl was just a thing of dreams. Right. It was like compete for a playoff spot. If you can slide in there, well, let's win one playoff game. Let's get that off our back <laughs> this year. Greedy. Don't you greedy. know, no way was I thinking Super Bowl. But yeah, that Green Bay game. Even Devontae Adams came out like and said afterwards, like this isn't the same Cincinnati Bengals. Like, hearing I that, that, 
hearing that, I the, the answer that you had was exactly it. But the aftermath of that game, even though we lost, was hearing somebody like Devontae Adams come out and be like, "That hey guys, I'm telling you right now, pay attention." It's like that was no joke out there. We we fought for our lives, and we we were even ahead, sixteen to seven, as you said it was, and we were like. We didn't we didn't feel comfortable at all. Like these guys were barking the whole time. And like just hearing that, hearing that, like you could hear the concern in his voice. It's like these guys are no joke, and you guys need to be on edge. Everybody, I for me as a Bengals fan, I was like, wow, like, we lost, but we won the week because everybody now is like the Bengals are up. The Bengals have a shot right now. All and, right, and real, real quick, that's the thing is that moral victories are so cliche. But that really felt like if there was ever a moral victory in the last 15 years of Bengals football, that was one. And because so, I hate using the term moral victory, even talking about it, but I really felt like that game was one. Derek's now sending his questions via the private <laughs> chat. <didn't> notice. <laughs> so that's, uh, he said, ask about Clark Harris saying that Cal will eventually take his job um, and about how hard would it be to keep a guy like that? And about Bengals being number two behind the Chargers for quarterback, wide receiver, running back trio. That's just two different questions there. Uh, you know what? If uh, wait, who did who did Quark say was going to take his job? The Cal Adam Midas. Whatever. Oh, oh, the guy, the guy he's competing with. Yeah, yeah. You know what? The other guy with the sweet hair. Uh, the thing about the Bengals is that Darren Simmons is probably one of the best special teams coordinators in the NFL. Uh, not every team has someone who is just so in tune with the kicker, the punter. Uh, it's surprisingly a little backwards with some teams when you think about the fact this is the NFL. Everyone should have a top-flight coach at every single position. And so some teams just don't take special teams as seriously as other teams. And, uh, you know, like the Ravens are a team that takes special teams seriously, and, and they produce every year on special teams. Special teams carries them. Obviously, Justin Tucker, and uh, they drafted a punter this year. And so – if Darren Simmons brings in a long snapper like that and brings in a punter, it's clearly because he likes these guys and he thinks they can eventually play for this team. And I think what we talked about earlier is the ultimate decision he's going to have to make. Do I want to mess up the chemistry of what these guys had last year? Uh, but if Clark Harris says he thinks that he's eventually going to lose his job with this guy, then he probably is. Maybe, like you guys said, put him on the practice squad this year uh, and give him the job next year. But thing is, Clark and Kevin are both getting old, and they know it, and that's why you're Clark seeing him sign – Okay. Clark, Clark said he's playing another 15 years. I mean, it's possible at his position. Look, you have long snappers play until what? They're 40. And Clark's getting up there, though. He's, uh, yeah, I know he's not 40 yet. I think he turns he's 37. We're the same yeah. age, yeah. <laughs> and also, uh, Huber said he wasn't going to let Clark overcome him. So on the, uh, the longest active streak or whatever it is. So, hey, doesn't Huber have the most games played ever in Bengals yeah. history? Something like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Huber's, he, Huber's been he, around forever, he, and he's yeah, younger he's tied than with Clark Riley. Harris. Yeah, and, and he's younger than Clark. Or yeah, he's younger than Clark Harris, I think, by a year. So, uh, yeah, they're going to be neck and neck for that, unless one of them loses their job this year, which would be sad. Yeah, it's very sad. All right. Oh, with well, the second question, the QB. Let me. Uh, I know what you're talking about. My buddy Jared Dubin wrote that story, and we all voted i voted the Bengals at number one just for the record i need to make that clear yeah, even though they ended up this is? what yeah you, you as you're pulling it up i was like can i get an understanding is what this is oh yeah okay so it was just we all the nfl writers cbs sports voted on the team that has the best uh three offensive playmakers one player had to be a quarterback one player had to be 
uh, running back and one player had to be a pass catcher. So basically like the best set of triplets, like in 1990s, the Cowboys, Troy Aikman, Emmett Smith, Michael Irvin, who is the best set of triplets in the NFL going into the 2022 season. And so we all voted on it. And you know what? I don't, I, you know, I obviously, like I said, I had the Bengals at one, but I'm not against, I had the Chargers at two. So apparently the Chargers just got, I think one or two more number first place votes in the Bengals. So it was actually really, 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 really close. I mean, you can see the average here. It was 1.8 to 1.9. So basically those two teams were one and two on everyone's ballot. And I think it just kind of goes on. How do you feel about Justin Herbert versus Burrow? You know, all of us are pro Burrow and we take Burrow over Justin Herbert in a second. You, I think right? that's a, you see it in the NFL as it is. I mean, I saw a damn, uh, it was like make your fantasy team thing on Facebook or it was on Twitter. And there was four dollars. There was one, two, three, four dollars that you could spend on your quarterback. Right, right, right. <laughs> one dollar was Joe, Joe Burrow, Burrow and three dollars was Justin Herbert. And I was like, if the budget is a dollar on the quarterback in the Super Bowl, count me in. Yeah. So but I, I say it's a coin flip between Herbert and Burrow. It's it's different styles. It's one guy who's got the bigger arm. It's one guy who's more accurate. Like uh, they're both a little bit mobile. I mean, both are great quarterbacks. I, that drives me nuts when people argue over those two. I honestly, in that argument, I would say Jamar Chase is where I would give the edge to the Bengals over who Keenan Allen. Is that the number one? Yeah. For, that the Chargers and then even saying? like I, I feel like Joe Mixon is one of the most underrated running backs in the NFL yeah. and. So I get that people like Austin Eckler because, you know, he's catching so many passes out of the backfield and he's so dynamic, but so is Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon led the AFC in rushing like two or three years ago. And he's, I think he was a top five rusher. He's just good every right, season. Right. I know he's been dealing with injuries here and there, but every running back does because they get hit all the time. And yeah, so I feel he like he's behind, just underrated. He behind the freak Derrick Henry for the majority of the season last year, and everybody was like, "Oh, he's all right. He's all but right." Would you ha would you have Chase over Allen personally, Breach? I you know it's hard. I get that people say, "Hey, well, Chase is a rookie. Can he do it One in year, year two? Because you do see a lot of rookie receivers. Uh, they don't do better in their sophomore year, or their second year in the league. I mean, I think that I was reading Justin Jefferson is like the last rookie receiver of the past ten years or something who did better who put up huge numbers in year one and then did even better in year two. So, you know, it's hard. I get if people want to go Keenan Allen there just because he has a track record of success. But, you know, if you're taking Joe Burrow, you got to take Jamar Chase. You know, the team, the chemistry comes together. And then real quick, sure. the Bills were number three. The Chiefs were number four. And the Buccaneers were number five on Who's that. The and the Rams, the, the Rams were sixth. Who's the running back for the Bills? Is it going to be the rookie, James Cook? What? We have Singletary in there just because I think he basically this is if you like Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and insert anyone. Yeah, Could be one of I, us, I, and the Bills are still getting votes. They've always been slacking on that one position that if they had a running game, that that would be a complete dominant force in offense, and they don't have it, which is hilarious because that means that they only have to deal with the wide the, the pass or Josh Allen running the ball. It's like that's and I, I'm one of my best friends is a Bills fan, and I go. How'd you do on running back in the offseason? You guys got the solution yet? You guys gonna actually win the Super Bowl with that? You don't? All right, we'll see you next year then when we win. I mean, it's a scary thing though, because they've actually get a running back and if you know, say James Cook pays off, yeah, they're a scary pick. team. So I mean, I'm I'm not gonna joke about it because then they'll throw the clip on my face uh in February if the Bills are in the Super Bowl. Right. Yeah. Well, and, I, I have a question involving Bills though, because you are a uh, special teams uh specialist. Time out. Uh, well, we told him we would only keep him about forty-five minutes. So I want no. You got we got we go twenty more minutes. 
Okay. I just yeah, because I don't have much time as well on me, but I wanted to ask, um, what are you doing? Hand, I'm not. I've I've got to go because I'm staying with my mom tonight. She just got home from the nursing home. So I, I was gonna say, oh, I Dale's still out. Gotta all, go. right. Yeah. all right, all right, that's about it's, to say it's good. Good to meet you, John. Oh, oh yep, nice. Still. Yeah, if you guys have to roll, because I said nine o'clock and it's nine o'clock now. So if everybody said, and, and we got cricket down here still frozen, it's it's me and Travis. So we're just going one on one. I got well, I got one more question for you. All right, and then all we'll right. wrap it up. How's that sound? You're a big specialist person, Dale. You can go on out of here. See you guys. Um, with that, uh, there's been a lot of communication, uh, chatter, big talk. Uh, yeah, I'm just gonna get him off too. They, that's scary looking. Um. <laughs> So uh, the Bills punter, apparently he's right. like one of the best things coming in since Evan McPherson is a kicker for the Bengals. Like how good is this guy? Was it like the bomb? Is that his nickname? What's it? Uh, punk God? Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, punk yeah, God. yeah. Uh, you know, it's interesting because it's Matt Arise out of San Diego State in case I'm sure every Bengals fan already knew that because everyone who was filling out their uh, PFF mock drafts had the Bengals taking Arise in like the fifth round. Uh, you know, He's got a bomb for a leg. Like He can just launch bombs, and that is awesome. He crushed it in college. But, you know, one of the weird things is that he wasn't the first punter taken. He was the third punter taken. Uh, the Ravens took Jordan Stout out of Penn State. And, you know, I talked about earlier how no one knows more about special teams than the Baltimore Ravens. John Harbaugh was a special teams coordinator before he became head coach. So if John Harbaugh, Harbaugh thinks Jordan Stout is better than Matt Ariza, I trust his opinion. I, and I think the – challenge for Ariza is going to be two things. One of them, we have already talked about way more than any other podcast in the world, which is whether or not a punter could hold. Um, Ariza didn't have to hold for extra points or field goals in college because he was the place kicker. So he's literally never done this in his life. And so right. they're sending out a guy, and it's one thing to do it in practice. You catch the ball, put it down. But when you're sweating, when there's you got your helmet on, full pads, when there's three seconds left in the game and you're nervous and you have butterflies and you have to catch the ball and put it down exactly right for the kicker, exactly where he wants it, that's an added pressure, especially if you've never done it before. So there's a little bit of concern there. And then obviously, you know, NFL teams don't just want their punters launching bombs. They want them, they want some finesse in there. They want your coffin corner kicks. They want you to be able to kick it away from the returner. They want you to kick, uh, you know, 80 yards in the air like Ariza does, but they only want it going 48 yards downfield so that the, the returner has to fair catch it. They want you to be able to kick it out of bounds at exactly 44 yards and not shank it and kick it out at 27 yards. So there's just a lot that's asked of an NFL punter, and I don't think Ariza had to deal with any of that at San Diego State because at SDSU they just said, hey, man, kick it as hard as you can and we'll figure it out. And so – that's not going to happen in the NFL. So I think those are your two big concerns. Can he do all the finesse stuff and directional punting? And can he hold a football for a kicker? Nice. Yeah, I like that answer. I just, I would, you, how specialized you are in it. I've been seeing a lot of fun edits and stuff the Bills have been throwing out there. And I'm like, is this guy really that good? Am I supposed to be buying into the hype and being scared? He's launching 75 yard punts in practice. So he's doing uh, good so far. Right, right. Uh, I got one one question here, and uh, Derek, do you have anything? Uh, do you want to ask real quick before we? Uh, the really, hopefully, can you guys hear me better now? Uh, yes, with... there is not a cricket either. Yeah, <laughs> no cricket and no no lag. It's like you're not in a third world country anymore. Night and day, night and day. But uh, no, I w- I was just going to circle back real quick um, to the 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 NFL triplets thing. Um, do you think a lot of that has to do with? the NFL and fantasy football where Austin Eckler, you know, he's, he's this pass catching God, 
more or less with with uh, fantasy football. And do you think that that had any role in the Chargers being above the Bengals for that? I mean, I will. We didn't have any of our fantasy writers uh, vote, and I think we have like ten full time NFL writers who all vote in this. So I, you know, like they're all pretty smart guys. I don't think they were swayed by hey, I won my fantasy title with Austin Eckler last season, so I'm going to vote him ahead of Joe Mixon. But, you know, when you do, that's how a lot of people understand numbers. It's the quickest way to look at it. Like, hey, Austin Eckler put up, say, 140 points last season. Joe Mixon only put up 120. And so that just on a cert- on the surface says, did Eckler produce more than Joe Mixon? And then, you know, there's things that you don't think about so much with running backs, whether it's picking up a blitz or they do a lot of little things that you don't even think about when they're not touching the ball. And so, you know, like we were saying earlier, Eckler and Mixon, it's it's kind of a coin flip. Like, I'm not going to judge someone who would take Austin Network over Joe Mixon. I'm not going to judge anyone who takes Mixon over Eckler, even though it's Mixon over Eckler. Yeah. Understandable. Yeah. Uh, we got one more question here uh, in the comments here. Uh, yes, exactly, right there. Uh, Postal Travis, please ask him why his father changed his number from 10 to 3 with the Bengals. Thanks, Crypt Keeper, that is a fantastic question. I actually just learned the answer to this question in the past 12 months. Uh, like, I was gonna hope he was gonna say like a day, and I'm like, time? <laughs> Crypt Keeper, are you my dad? Or did you, is that burner account? You, you want me to explain the story that bad? Yeah. We uh, figured no. it out. Jim Breach is Crypt Keeper. <laughs> yeah, for those, if you've ever seen the Bengals' first two Super Bowls, my dad was number 10 in Super Bowl 16, he was number three. In Super Bowl 23, I think he wore number 10 from 1980 to 1983 and then switched to number three in 1984 or 85. I think it was 84. And so the reason is actually pretty interesting, but very simple. Uh, From the inception of the franchise until 1983, the Bengals didn't allow players to wear single digit numbers. So think about that. Can you name a player from... And it's something you that never even crossed my mind as to why you might have switched numbers. And so in 1984, they started letting the players wear single-digit numbers. I think it was because Boomer wanted to wear number seven. So uh, I guess uh, every – Jamar Chase, my dad, everyone, thank Boomer Esiason for uh, getting Mike Brown to change his mind on that, or Paul Brown or whoever had the final say. And so, yeah, 1984, they said, all right, we're going to let you guys wear single digits. Uh, my dad threw 10 in the trash as quickly as he could. Got number three, and that is what he wore for the rest of his career. Well, that's a great. Well, what I want to know is what took so long for you know any quarterback or running back or not running back, but wide receiver because I I know with all the rules and stuff, but to wear number one, it was it was that was pretty interesting. Yeah, it's weird that I mean you're talking about one through nine. You have nine numbers that whether it was a wide receiver, a quarterback, or not. I don't think. Can running backs be single digits back then? I can't remember. Uh, but absolutely, it's surprising that you didn't have at least one quarterback. You know, Ken Anderson's number 14, that he was there for so long. And, and then when you start to think about all the famous players in Bengals history pre-1983, you're like, oh my God, there were no single-digit Bengals players. And it kind of blows your mind that you look at all these other teams with all their other great players, and you all, usually players love single-digit numbers. Somebody wears them. Uh, but yeah, so the Bengals did not let their players Wear single digit numbers. It's, that it's because who day wore it, right? Who day has had a had that thing on lockdown forever. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta pay who day. Jamar Chase is given who day. You know, how, like uh, you have to buy the number off someone. Jamar mm-hmm. probably wrote who day. You know, like a two million dollar check. Like, hey, hey, bro, <laughs> I gotta be wearing number one. You gotta switch numbers. Yeah, I love that. 
Well, no, yeah, it's been uh, it's been a great time talking to you, man. And uh, I'm glad that you were able to drink some tequila and talk some Bengals football with us, most certainly. Uh, tell the people again, you know, what you do, but more importantly, where can they find you so that they can keep hearing your voice and uh, your words of wisdom? Yeah, absolutely. Go to CBSSports.com. Go to the NFL page. I write NFL stories every day, all the time. Uh, the NFL newsletter at CBS Sports is the Pick 6 newsletter. Just Google it with my name. You'll find it. Sign up for it because I look good when people sign up for it. And it gets emailed to your uh, inbox every weekday and you will enjoy it. I love entertaining people, especially when it comes to football. And you'll hear more about uh, holder competitions and long snapper competitions than you would ever have thought you would ever hear. And then the Pick 6 podcast that is hosted every day, even during the summer, by my buddy Will Brinson. And I am usually on the show one to three times a week, depending on the week depending on whether I Brent and I are friends that week. It just depends. Uh, but yeah, so the podcast, the newsletter, and just CBS Sports website. Yeah, awesome. we'll, we'll keep fighting the good fight for you. On, or you keep fighting the good fight with the uh, Ryan Wilson and and uh, Will Brinson on the uh, the the whole may have pulled a hand stream, that whole thing. That that gets me every time. Every time I hear it, I keep think I'm like, if only. Right? Uh, the, the Kevin Harlan call of the, the- – <laughs> The Randy oh, Bullock. So anytime I and for the inside joke, there's anytime I make a bad point uh, on the podcast, Brinson hits the clip kind of like these guys were doing with throwing a flat, except the clip, the clip goes, oh, he missed. He missed. And it's Bullock missing a field goal against the Chargers, I think, in week one yep. in 2020, which would have tied the game and sent it to overtime. And that's where he injured his calf on the play. And so that the he missed. That's what happens when I whip on my points. Yeah, I gotta be honest with you. That's my that's one of the biggest traumas that I have in the last two years is that one right there. Thank you guys. Because <laughs> my my TV ended up being like how Derek's connection is and it stopped. And then I saw him, I saw him running onto the field, it stopped, and then I saw him turned around grabbing his leg, and I'm like, he heard himself running out, and I go, He missed. And it wasn't even a far field goal. And, you know, it's like poor Randy I know, Bullock. I know it wasn't far at all. I had it in my head that I was I was cool. I was eating. I'm like, oh, yeah, overtime. Let's go. And I'm like, what the – what happened? <laughs> that Randy, oh, oh no. That's, no. That is what it turned into um, on Twitter. Uh, you know what, though, it's real quick, is that Randy, it, he was an accurate kicker. It was just yeah. – and that's what I was talking about with the clutch kicks is, you know, I, I'm sure we all remember the, the Houston Texans Christmas Eve game um, where – they would have yep. been, I think the final play of the game, he went wide right from like 36 yards or something. And that was 2018. I can't even remember what year it was anymore. It's all jumbled. And then obviously that kick against the Chargers. It's just those things are the things that give you the PTSD that we talked about at the beginning. I love how full we are of that. But uh, it'll, the, times are, the tides are changing. That's for sure. Uh, Bridge, you mentioned that you're a big fan of uh, pleasing the people and making people happy and such. How about uh, we – See you here super soon, maybe right around football time. We can really get into some nitty-gritty in week one. How's that sound? Yeah, definitely. Once things start uh, rearing up again, we get closer to the season. Uh, and and yeah, maybe I'll come on a preview when the Bengals are in the Super Bowl next year. And Sounds maybe like Jiminy Cricket will not be a special guest on the episode. Yeah, we'll he, work on that. Don't you worry. It wasn't bad. You guys might want to get him in the podcast rotation. Very insightful. Ask some great questions. I might see if he needs a job at CBS. We're looking for crickets. <laughs> all right awesome man but hey appreciate your time tonight man and we will uh we'll catch you soon and uh thanks guys for watching us tonight and uh we'll catch you guys next week who day everybody who day, who day?